0: Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the sermon from Lead Pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org.
1: Hey, um, we, uh, we're, we're glad everybody's here. In fact, if you're a first-time guest with us, we have a gift for you. And we would love for you not to leave uh, the building today without receiving that gift and letting our our connection team get to know you a little bit better, connect a face and a name. And um, so if you head out right down this hallway here, this what we call the B hallway, it'll take you right to our connection center. um, And there, I started to say a parting gift, but we don't want you to part. We want you to come back, but just a a special gift for you, Um, and so we we hope to honor you that way. But there's also another group of people with us today um, that uh, are are special among us, and that we want to uh, honor in a unique way today. And that's those among us who have served uh, in the United States Armed Forces that have served and sacrificed and given of themselves and their families have given of themselves uh, for the purpose of providing and maintaining our freedom To do what we're doing now, to worship the Lord. And we want to take some moments today to to honor you, to say thank you. Um, And they didn't think I could do a good enough job of doing that, so they found a video that does it better than I can. And so we want you to receive this as our thanks to you. And we do thank you for your, yeah, thank you for your service. Uh, as, as we continue to applaud, I'm going to ask those of you who have currently or are, have ever served in our armed forces to stand, please. W- would you stand, please? Yeah. We, we are very, very, very grateful for your sacrifice, your commitment and, uh, and your service. And we're going to ask you to remain standing. Um, th- for those of you that don't know, this is Tim Vianu. Tim is, serves as one of our elders here. Uh, Tim is one of three of, uh, of our elder team that are uh, have uh, our vets and uh, we're grateful for, for the service that Tim has given as well, um, both to our forces and now to uh, our church. And Tim is going to take some moments and lead us uh, in prayer for uh, for our veterans and uh, those who are active duty and the way that I want to do this is I'm going to ask those of you who are still seated to stand now and find one of those vets that's standing close to you and, and place a hand on them and we're going to pray over them and for them and Tim is stuck with just me since uh, he's up here and uh, so um, if you would find a, a vet and, uh, and Tim's going to lead us as we pray together. Let's pray.
0: In Matthew 5, 7 through 10, we read, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Father, thank you that you've given us, these brothers and sisters, men and women that have heeded the call of service to our nation, and it lived out your call to be peacemakers. We are thankful that here we are free to worship you and acknowledge a debt for that freedom. We also lift up our brothers and sisters that are still under persecution. We are heartbroken that the suicide rate among veterans is far too high. Almighty God, we pray that you would open doors, draw hearts, bring healing and your peace to those veterans that are hurting. We commit to acting boldly for them in your, in your name. We ask your blessings, peace, and a hedge of protection on all our veterans, both those that have served and those that are serving now. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.
1: And thank you, thank you. Thank you again for your service, Tim. Thank you, brother, for leading us. If, uh, if you have not yet seen this, some of you are A hallway only people. You know, you only, the only hallway you use is A and you miss out on a lot. I just, I just want to say you, by, if you're an A hallway only person, you miss out on a lot. And so I, here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you're an A hallway only person, I want you to I encourage you to take a risk today. Okay, be bold and go out the B hallway. Because if you go out the B hallway and kind of take a left when, when it opens up, you're going to see a display that our women's ministry put together. Um, they work to do this uh, as a way of honoring our vets. And uh, there's some really interesting photographs on there. I really encourage you to find the one uh, of, of, of Dr. Reverend Curtis Lee Bradford. Uh, it will give you a chuckle. I know you're thinking, it's, it's, it's pictures of our veterans and pictures they sent in or their families sent in. But his will his will make you chuckle especially if you know him. Um, so uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, it, it was uh, uh, just an honor that we get to, 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 to love on our vets. And one of the ways that we do that around here that we've started doing recently is through something that we call um, a yellow ribbon ceremony. And a yellow ribbon ceremony at River Bluff means this. If you are in the armed forces and you're about to be deployed, we want to pray for you and over you and we want to remind ourselves and remember to pray. Um, So uh, we we do this thing where we have, after our 11 o'clock service, we gather out in front of our building, out in front of the atrium and literally tie a yellow ribbon on a tree. Uh, with that, that person's name on it to remind us to pray until they come back and then we'll give them their ribbon back and they can take it home but it just you as you walk around and you see these yellow ribbons you can walk up and see somebody's name on it. And you can pray for that person by name this afternoon as soon as this service is over um, we're gonna head out to the uh, outside the atrium because one of our young men we do it for people who are being deployed as well as those who are entering the armed forces for the first time and are heading off to basic um, in the Navy I think they call it recruit training is that correct Dallas D- Dallas wave your hand Today, right after the service, we're going to pray over Dallas uh, and, and commission him in our own way uh, to the armed forces, but mostly into uh, the, the care of the Lord. And so, if you want to, you can join us for that uh, right after this service out uh, outside. Um, so, that's that's something that we're going to do today. And so, if if you call River Bluff your home church and you're in the, the, the armed forces and are being deployed, uh, we want to pray for you. We want to know that. We want to pray over you. You. And so if you would like to participate in one of those, we would love to, to, to share in life with you um, in that way. Because we're, we consider ourselves family and we want to pray for our family. And last week we had a family picnic. So I'm sorry if you missed that because it was a great day in the Lord. It was a, it was a little nippy to start with but then God just opened the heavens and it was a beautiful day. And uh, some really cool things happened. And one of those really cool things that happened was we made a decision to start doing um, our, our parent child dedication services there. Um, and uh, so we'll, we're going to do those at least twice a year. We'll do it once at the family picnic that's off campus and if you, if you visited with us for the first time last week or if you're a regular here and forgot we were going, I'm sorry, um, but uh, it's just something we do annually and we love doing it. But, but last week we, we had an opportunity um, to pray with a, a, a couple who was dedicating themselves to raise their, their children under their direction uh, and, and of the Lord. And so I like, these days I'm thinking more of uh, our parent child dedication services to me are more of a commissioning to the parents. We're saying to the parents, we want you to become a missiologist. And a missiologist is somebody who studies missions because you're, you need to know how to raise missionaries. You know, you need to know how to bring missionaries up. And uh, so part of what we're doing is we're commissioning them. And so we, we laid hands and prayed for uh, Kate and Brantley Jaco and their newest, their their, their third child Eleanor and you see their pictures up there but here's what you have if you got a bulletin you have a prayer card and on that prayer card of course is their picture but on the back is some, a prayer request that they've said River Bluff family would you please pray for us this way it's a very specific prayer. And we're asking you to take this and put this somewhere where you'll see it. And, and for six months, will you lift this, these parents especially in prayer uh, as they seek to lead their daughter to know Jesus? Uh, because that was part of the commitment that they made. So we, we want to encourage you uh, in, in that. It was just, a, a, again, a great day to, to celebrate that. Uh, another way that uh, thing that's going on around here that I hope you've figured out and you're starting to figure out why are these boxes piling up uh, on a stage around the cross Um, Some of you know about this. We we gave about a hundred of these away last week in addition to what we'd given away weeks before. And these are the Operation Christmas Child boxes. This is simply a tool for the gospel to be presented to kids all over the world and their families. So it's not just, it doesn't just impact kids. For those of us who have had the privilege of being overseas and watching, being a part of one of the distributions, it is incredible to see the gospel presented using the, these little toys that are in these boxes as a tool. And uh, Kathy and I had great fun shopping and packing our boxes and praying over them, and, uh, and you will too. Now, here's, here's what's going to happen. On Sunday, November 24th, uh, that's the deadline at noon to get the boxes in here because then they've got to be sent to shipping center locally to to head to Charlotte for the distribution center and so noon on that Sunday on the 24th but before they leave in our service on the 24th we're gonna pray over them as a church we're gonna pray all over all the boxes that come in so bring bring those boxes in. get them in here uh, by that Sunday uh, sooner rather than later if you would and uh, speaking of the 24th please put it on your calendar because the 24th is the day that we're going to have a special day of giving thanks to God for so many things that he has done in us and things that he is allowing his grace to operate through us into the world. And we're going to share some of those stories. It's it's going to be a great day. We're going to share in the Lord's Supper. Uh, We're going to be able to share in baptism. It's just going to be a really fun day. So I hope you plan to be here uh, on Sunday, uh, November the 24th. Now, that's going to be a different kind of service. And I want to go ahead and tell you that today is going to be a a little bit different kind of service as well. Today we're going to do something that God's Word calls us to do and I just want to go ahead and tell you it's it's heavy. This is not going to be one of those days when you, you know, walk out of here probably feeling really glad that you came. I hope you do for a different reason, but it's going to be a little bit heavy because this thing that we're going to do um, today, I believe, I believe will impact the kingdom of God around the world. I believe what we do uh, uh, in in these next few moments will actually do that. Now, if you've been hanging out at River Bluff for a little while, you know we've been kind of marching our way through the book of Ephesians. We've taken some breaks along that way, uh, but we've been continuing that series, and we're going to continue it today, but we're we're not picking up where we left off. We left off uh, at Ephesians 4. We're supposed to pick up at verse 17, but we'll get back to that next week. Today, we're going to fast forward ahead to Ephesians, chapter 6 and we're going to start reading in verse 18 and read through verse 20. Ephesians, these verses, verse 18 comes on the heels of Paul having given believers a, a strategy for fighting a spiritual battle. Now, I, I don't want to do any disservice to um, the veterans of our armed forces and what I'm about to say, but there's a, another war going on. That every one of you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I pray to God you're a veteran of, or will become one. That you are growing as a veteran uh, in, in this war that's going on. Because there, there is literally a fight, a battle that's raging, a spiritual battle that's raging on this planet. And Paul gives some teaching and then he concludes that teaching with these words. It's really with a request for prayer for believers who are being persecuted as well as for himself. Look at what Paul says in verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too, Paul says. Ask God to give me the right words. I am in chains now. Still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will, be, uh, will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Notice, I want you to notice specifically what, what Paul requests you. he says. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers. Not just a few, not just those that you go to church with, but all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. And ask God to give me the right words. Because I'm in chains. He, he, was, he, was, he was being persecuted for his love of Jesus, for pursuing the gospel. And today, I want us to follow those words that God inspired Paul to write down so that you and I would walk in those words. We, we would live in those words. Now, uh, Kyler has already told you that today is one of two days that are set aside as the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And so we're going to pray this morning. We're going to spend some time praying but before we do that there's a few things that I want to share and I want us to share some scripture together um, and I want, to, I want to share two videos with you and the first one kind of introduces uh, what's going on in the world of those being persecuted globally and so guys if you got that one ready if y'all would run that I would appreciate it. go to uh, another video in a, in a few minutes. Um, if, if you have little children with you, I just wanna give a little bit of a PG moment here. First of all, the second video is not gonna be graphic or gory or anything like that. There, there are plenty of them out there though that we could have shown, um, but it is heavy. And so the content is a little bit heavy and I just want you to know that going into it. Um, You know, I'll kind of give you a heads up that we're about to show that. Uh, If you just wanted to step out for four or five minutes you you could do that. But again, it's not anything that I don't think we would have not wanted our kids to see. You know, even maybe at elementary school age. You're going to have to read it. Uh, she'll be speaking in Korean. Uh, but you'll be able to read what, what's being translated. Um, in a, just a personal testimony in a minute. But I want, to, I want to take you back to God's Word for a moment in Hebrews uh, chapter 13 verse 3. Because there, there's, there's something specific the Scriptures directs all believers towards in this matter. And it's this. It says, remember the Lord's people who are in jail. Be concerned for them. Don't forget those who are suffering. But imagine that you are there with them. Some translations talk about walking with them, be, being with them. And so what, what I hope we do today is activate, jumpstart your imagination of being there with those who are being persecuted. There are lots of ways to stimulate that in your life. You can do it this way. One of the ways that I I stimulate imagining myself being with believers around the world who are being persecuted are through two apps. One is an app that's uh, put out by Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, The other is an app put out by Open Doors. And they will send you notifications of a persecution that's breaking out all around the world. And they'll, they'll send you videos, sometimes very vivid videos of what's going on. But it is a way that I am able to connect with what this verse is calling me to do. And it's a way that you can do that. Now I've been, before I got the app, I had been a subscriber to Voice of the Martyrs and Open Doors through email. And they'll send things, they'll, they'll send alerts, they'll send, um, sometimes they'll send pictures that have been taken. One of the, the, the favorite pictures that get pushed out oftentimes uh, by these organizations are pictures of Christians gathered kind of huddled together in rooms praying. In, in places and lands where persecution and violence is unbelievably incredible and, and you see these these Christians praying seeking the Lord um, and sometimes you know there you, so you, you like I said I've seen seen several of those uh, about eighteen months ago two years ago a year ago I don't remember exactly when but I, I one came uh, through my email that was an image of Christians praying and um, there was nothing dynamic or dramatic about the image itself but underneath the image, uh, what it, it, there was this caption, it named the, the city in Syria where this picture had just been taken and what it said was, um, the, the, the plea, the prayer request was, ISIS has just entered our city and is right down the street and they are killing Christians. They're killing our brothers and sisters, please pray. Now, an image of Christians gathered praying is one thing, but when you read the context of what's happening around them outside, it changes the dimension of a picture. It it, it did for me that day, and I hope it does for you. One of the things that I think I will, will always remember that I read, uh, there's a, a gentleman by the, the name of uh, Bill, uh, excuse me, by the name of Andrew, and uh, his last name is Beal, uh, Andrew Beal. He, he's most often, if you go on Open Doors' website, they most often to refer to him as Brother Andrew. So if you're reading on Open Doors, and you're trying to figure out who's this dude, Brother Andrew, he's the founder of Open Doors Ministries. Now, one of the things they, they'll make want you to know pretty quickly about brother Andrew is most of the time when you hear of somebody's a founder, you know, of something, you think of somebody in, you know, a coat and tie and a briefcase. He was none of those things. Um, uh, Andrew began his ministry simply by smuggling Bibles into uh, some of the most persecuted places on the planet. He would smuggle Bibles in. And that's how he eventually founded Open Doors. But he got people to start supporting him. But he kept going. And he kept going. And he didn't quit going. And he built this, this organization to care for the needs of the persecuted church. And one of the things that he wrote that just struck me deeply was this. He, he said whenever he went into an area where there was persecution active, he would always ask, what can we do for you? What can I do for you? What can our organization do for you? And he said without, without any equivocal nature at all, he, he said always, the first thing they said, please tell people to pray for us. He, they didn't say go back and get Congress to lobby. They didn't say um, send money. They, did, they said will you please get people in free places to pray for us. Will you get our brothers and sisters praying? Because they, above all believers, understand the power of prayer. That it's not just an act of solidarity where we just kind of knits our hearts to people that we don't know. It does that, but it does more than that. They know that prayer releases the power of God which can release captives, set people free, make, make a difference. There's a story about the church praying and the power of God coming and releasing a captive. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 12. I want us to look at this, read this. It's a story we've read here before. It's a, just an incredible story. And it's a story about someone who's under intense persecution, even to the point he, he had been arrested and was going to be put to death. Look at this with me. In Acts chapter 12, verse 1. It says, about the, this time... Herod, the king, laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was uh, during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison. Talking about Peter. Delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. Intending, after the Passover, to bring him out to the people. He was going to kill Peter too. So Peter was kept in prison but this is a, this is a great but. You, you need to look what happens. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer. These people were, I mean, they, they had hearts to pray. Verse, verse 6. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, about to bring Peter out, on the very night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the doors were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, talking about Peter, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, Get up quickly. Now I know some of you hate your alarms in the morning. But how would you like being awakened by an angelic being with a holy staff poking you in the morning and saying, Get up! That's kind of, kind of what, what's going on here. So he, he, struck, he struck Peter on the side. Get up quickly. And the Bible says, And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel had said to him, Dress yourself, put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. P- Peter, Peter doesn't realize he's awake. Look, 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 at what, look at what it says next. But he thought he was seeing a vision. Dude thought he was having a, a, a dream. You know, he he just thought, I'm I'm sleeping. I'll you know I'll kind of wake up here for a minute. But it it says when they had passed through the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. They went out uh, along this one street, and immediately the angel left him. And then verse 11 tells you what happened. What happened? Peter woke up. Peter says he came to himself and he said, Now I am sure the Lord has sent his angel. He's rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Verse 12. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, uh, whose other name was, was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Now remember, we, we kind of started over there. The, the church was gathered praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer recognizing Peter's voice in her joy she did not open the gate so dude's just got out of prison he's knocking on the gate let me in let me in you know and, uh, and she's so excited about him they've been praying for Peter to get out of jail Peter gets out of jail she's so excited she, don't, she, she runs she runs to tell everybody and uh, so she, she runs and reported that Peter was standing at the gate and they said to her what you lost your mind Rhoda You've just completely lost your mind. Now, what were they doing? They were praying that Peter would get out of jail. Peter gets out of jail, and they don't believe it. They're asking, and, and they don't believe it. It goes on, it says, But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. They were shocked. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. This is the word of the Lord. Now one of the things that this does for me is it it displays the power of prayer. And one of the things that I love so much about that, that account, that historic account in the scriptures, is that this, when Peter gets to the church, they were praying for him, but they don't believe their prayers are being answered. And I learned something about myself from, from this passage of scripture, from, from this account, when it comes to me and my relationship to the persecuted church. Sometimes... When I'm praying for the persecuted church, there are, are times, there are moments when I struggle with unbelief. There are times I'm praying for the persecuted church and a thought enters my mind. Is this making any difference? Is this having any impact? I mean, it's the same thing that was happening in the church in Jerusalem, that that Acts, for that, that first century church. But here's, here's an account from scripture that has encouraged me to keep on. Even when those doubts come, encourage me to, to keep on and I hope it'll do the same to you to stay strong even when you can't see the end results because God is powerful in prayer. And this was my big takeaway. One of the times I was soaping through this passage, one of the things I wrote down was this. Don't worry, God can still do a miracle even with your tiny mustard seed faith. That's what God said, to Joe, don't worry. I can, I can still do mighty things even with your mustard seed sized faith. And so I want to encourage you with that. See, prayer is actually an ultimate encounter that you and I can have with the greatest power on the planet. It's not... It's not like some kind of, we, we go like, you know, political lobbyist to God. It's not that kind of thing. It's not just sympathizing with, with people who are suffering. It, it's The Bible says, Paul wrote these words, he says that the kingdom of God is not about words. The kingdom of God is about power. And when we pray, we connect with God. We get his perspective on what's going on. And we step into that power to see the world changed. James, not not the James that we read about that Herod put to death, but James the half-brother of Jesus, wrote these words in James chapter 5 verse 16. It says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I like the way some of the other translations translate the last half of that verse. It says, uh, New Living says, has great power and produces wonderful results. New American Standard says, uh, can accomplish much. I like the message. The message says it this way. It says, prayer is something powerful to be reckoned with. Something powerful to be reckoned My favorite translation though of this verse is New Century Version. It says, when a believing person prays, great things happen. When a believing person prays, great things happen. Now, when the church in Jerusalem, when they prayed, did something great happen? Yes. Peter got released. Now here's the question. Were they great prayer warriors? No. Most of these believers, this was a new church. This was a church that wasn't that old. These were young believers, many of them in their faith. You know, they didn't—they weren't skilled at praying, but the Bible says they were doing it earnestly. They were praying with, with their whole hearts. They may have been a little faith challenged. They didn't—they weren't playing believing with boldness. You know, Peter's at the door and you're saying, "You've lost your mind." But they were praying earnestly. They were praying seeking God because they they knew that God could do something. And so Peter got released and he goes on to do even greater ministry in the days ahead. And so these slightly faith-challenged, earnest prayers changed the world. They, They changed the world. See, prayer, earnest praying... Even if you're not getting uh, all the skills right, earnest praying can and does change things for those suffering around the world that you may never see in this life. God promises that. That's why His Word tells us to do it. And so I want to, again, help your imagination. Connect with, with those who are suffering. Now, there are a lot of videos out there that... Are, we're very graphic in nature. Again, this one's not. But this one will help you connect with one one story of one person who suffered persecution. And the power of the Lord set her free. And so I'd like for you to, to take some moments and watch this, this video, if you will.
2: 이세 명의 사람들은 이세 명의 말만 해도 세 명의 사람들은 이세 세상에서 가장 나쁜 사람들은 예수 믿는 사람들이라고 했고 또 선교사나 목사들은 양의 가족을 쓴 승냥이들이라 신앙을 가지게 된 것은 저희 남편 때문이었습니다 이렇게 해서 아들이 와서 기도 아버지가 기도하라고 했고 예수님을 믿으라고 했다고 우리 아버지가 믿는 예수님도 전 분일 거라고 해서 그때부터 우리는 기도하기 시작을 했습니다. 아들께 아들이 손을 잡아당기고 거기다가 예수님을 믿어라. 예수님은 눈으로는 볼수 없지만 예수님은 확실히 계시고 일을 하신다. 북성 뒤에서 감옥에서 안 기부 간첩으로 몰려가지고 그 버금을 전하고 밤에는 몰래 복음을 전하고 아픈 사람 기도해주고 그러면서 이제 거기서 그렇게 그런 사역을 할때 하나님께서 그 사람을 통해서 그 감옥에다가 지하 교회를 세워 주셨어요. 저희 남편은 정말 나는 이제 죽어도 천국이 있다. 천국 소망이 있기 때문에 이제 죽어도 나는 이 세상에 아쉬울 것이 없다고 그냥 그런 이야기를 했다고 그래요. 많은 사람들이 옆에서 죽어가고 항상 주님께서 내 마음에 기둥이 되고 내 마음에 등대가 등대가 되어주시고. 무장하면 정말 이렇게 하나님께 이 말씀으로 나를 위로해 주시고 힘을 주고 내가 거기서 정말 무사히 나올 수가 있었고 하나님 이름으로 정말 주님 듯이 합당한데 모든 기도가 응답되고 그 나라에도 신앙의 자유가 올 날이 있을 줄로 믿으면서. 를 기다리는 인내하면서 우리가 주셔서 감사하고 그래서 항상 이 노래를 부를 때마다 자꾸 이렇게 눈물을 흘리게 되지 주님 은혜가 너무 감사해 가지고 나 같은 인사
1: You know why you never saw her face? Because the North Koreans will send hit squads after her. Because they don't want the story of Jesus rescuing being told. And so she's still, though living in a free land currently, is, is being persecuted for, for her faith. And God has called us to, to pray. And you know, I know that what happens when many of you see that you get stirred and you want to go do something. You want to go deliver something. We all can't go deliver something, but we can all pray. Every single one of us can pray. And I hope you remember that was the one thing that Brother Andrew heard everywhere he went when he asked, what can we do for you? You can can pray. You can pray for the persecuted church. And we're going to do that right now. Now you can do this individually. Or you can do this as family units you can get together if you're you're here with some of your small group members and y'all want to get together and do this and and pray together you can pray and maybe just one person wants to kind of lead as we go through but we're going to go through various things topics if you would to pray for for the persecuted church and I'm going to I'll read them out kind of guide us through this prayer if as you're praying you kind of get behind and you need to look up for the next one it'll be on the screen too but we're, we're just going to spend some time in prayer and we're going to start with understanding that this is what the persecuted church asks for more than anything else. That you and I would stop what we're doing and that we would pray for them. So, so let's do that. Let's, let's, let's pray. Father God, right now we come in Jesus' name and we pray for Christians around the world that are in prison for their faith. So right there where you're at, voice your prayer to God for those who are in prison for their faith. that God would strengthen them, protect them and encourage them. Pray for God's Protection of pastors and evangelists who are going into these pockets of persecution, spreading the gospel in hostile nations. Pray for them. Right now, pray for the provision for the needs of those who have lost family members for living out their faith. Families who have lost husbands, providers, families who have lost both parents, kids who are orphaned now. Pray that God would meet their needs and that they would be encouraged in their faith. Now would you pray for leaders and government officials in these hostile, restricted nations. Would you pray that they would be saved, that they would come to know Jesus and follow him with their lives? Now would you pray especially for, for new believers in Islamic countries. Converts who now must tell their families and friends that they're followers of Jesus. Would you pray that they would be protected and be given courage to be bold? Right now, pray for, pray for ministries that uniquely seek to get radio and television and internet broadcast of God's Word into these restricted nations and places. But pray for them to succeed. like Brother Andrew did, would you you pray for both the provision and the safe delivery of Bibles to believers in hostile lands. It's so often their greatest source of encouragement. Pray for Bibles for them. Now would you ask God to empower those who are currently under persecution to be bold in their witness to their persecutors and to love them. now would you pray for yourself and for, for us as a church and for free Christians everywhere to choose to stand with, to pray for, to lift up on a regular basis. Not just once a year but regularly our brothers and sisters around the world. Lord, we come as your people believing that you hear our prayers. Believing that we are joining with you and your heart to see persecution end of your people. Lord, we know your word tells us that that day will not come until that final appointed martyr comes to to be with you. But we pray right now against those who or harming, God, we we come and we ask right now that those, our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted would sense your presence in powerful ways. That they would know, oh God, that we are being faithful to your word that commands us, begs us to, to pray for them. God, we pray now that they would experience your comfort. We also ask, God, that you would show them doors to share their faith, that they would then be bold in sharing the gospel. And just like Heowu God shared, Lord, would would you use their suffering to refine them, to mature them in their faith? Father, we pray that they would be given wisdom in ways to uh, minister, even in the hostile situations they find themselves And we pray, God, that even in the midst of their suffering, they would find joy in you, knowing that you were there with them, present with them in their suffering, God. Would you also, God, lead them to forgive and love their enemies, those that that persecute them. God, show them how to follow after Jesus even in this and God would you help their hearts be rooted so deeply in God's word that they find strength for every need that they have in Jesus and it's in his precious name that we pray and all God's people said amen now i i, I don't know i don't know what brought you here today i, I don't know if you're here today and and you may have never trusted Jesus personally. And you hear about people around the world. Stories like. And, and stories that are so much. Even more graphic. That we could not do in this setting. And you're thinking why? Why would people go through that for Jesus? Here's why. Because of what Jesus did for them. They know that Jesus. God himself came in the form of a babe and he lived a sinless perfect life that eventually would be sacrificed for you. And that by the power of his death, burial and resurrection, he could set everybody on this planet free from the ultimate persecution and the greatest death, eternal death so that when you leave this place you could spend eternity in the presence of God and that beginning now you could walk with God now and so if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ and there's something compelling about people who would suffer for the testimony of Jesus maybe today God's calling your heart maybe he's drawing on you to make a decision to trust Christ And because of their sacrifice and their suffering, I don't want to leave this place and this space without giving you an opportunity to do that. So I want us to pray again together right now. Let's pray. Father, we come in Jesus' name. We don't know each other's hearts in this room. We know many people here. We know many of our brothers and sisters. But God, if there is is someone here today who because of the testimony of those who are being persecuted even unto death on this planet, if because of their testimony, God, a heart was stirred, a heart drew nearer to you because of that, Lord God, we come right now asking you to be merciful. And so if you're here today, And the Lord's drawing on your heart to give your life to him. Maybe you feel like you're in an environment that's hostile. Maybe you feel persecuted, not maybe for your faith, but just in life. Jesus has a plan to set you free and deliver you. Deliver you from the captivity of sin that has enslaved you. And he wants to do that right now. And the Bible says, to those who trusted him, to those who believed on his name, He gave them the power to become children of God. All you have to do, the Bible says, is trust that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was for you. And repent of your sins. Choose to no longer think you can figure it out and fix it by yourself. That you need Jesus. And call on his name and the Bible says you'll be saved. You can do that right now. Just pray, Jesus, save me. I trust you with my life now, with my eternal destination. I trust you. I see your goodness in your suffering and the suffering of those who love you. I come to you now, Jesus. The Bible says if you do that, you'll be saved. But most of us, most of us in this room have trusted Jesus that way, but we're not sure That we would be willing to suffer for him. And maybe today that's the commitment he's calling all of us to make. Is that we would be willing to endure persecution and suffering. Even uh, from among our families. For the glory. Your glory Jesus. And so we come knowing that all of us, your word tells us that everyone who would seek to live a godly life for Jesus would be persecuted. So we come knowing that. And we come now as we close our time together to worship you. Even in the face of that, we come, Jesus, to worship you, to give back to you your tithes and our offerings to further the gospel on this planet, to help support and encourage and and care for those who are being persecuted around the world. And we come to worship. We come to lift, God, our praise, to lift our hallelujah to you. The name of Jesus, we love you. We give you thanks for setting us free from the captivity of sin. And we come to praise your holy name now. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. If you're in North Charleston this Sunday, please consider visiting us at our 9 o'clock or 1130 services. We'd love to see you. Again, for more information, visit rivergluff.org. Now go change the world.